Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and a great saturday morning to you low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning we thank you our loyal listener for tuning in to dial and listen every saturday morning to great stories of entrepreneurship and leadership or if you're listening to us via podcast thanks for taking the time Again, to download and listen to our great stories week in and week out. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here. And I am Leslie Haywood. Thank you so much for sharing your Saturday morning with us once again. And make sure and find us on Facebook to continue the fun. It is our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, and then also on Twitter at BTBCHS, which stands for Beyond the Business Charleston. And happy, happy holidays, everyone. Hope you had a great Christmas last week and gearing up for... New uh, Year's. All the festivities for New Year's. we got bowl games happening, bowl right? Bowl games are happening. New Year's resolutions. Do you want to share yes. one with us, Leslie? Oh, my gosh. I'm flat out. No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I don't. Oh, you, you stumped me there. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what, what, what about you? you my New Year's resolution is to not have any New Year's resolutions. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> That's awesome. I do that um, every year, and I'm very successful at it. I will adopt yours. I always it's, achieve success on my yes. New Year's resolutions. So. Yes. No fail. No Are you fail. guys having a good holiday? Yes. It's so funny, though. I mean, it re- kind of reminds me of, you know, like your wedding or you lead up to Christmas. It's all the, you know, it's such a big, such a big preparation and everything. And then it's over. It's like, oh, it, you know, I'm, it's, I get kind of sad. But no, New Year's. We got New Year's New happening. Year's and then it's time to turn the, the dial on uh, 2019. I can't believe it. I blinked in 1980. Or t- listen to me. I don't even know what year it is. 2018 is gone. It it's is crazy. Anything for the year? You look back and just think uh, a, a, a moment that stands out for 2018 for you. Oh, that I um, survived um, some of the harder teenage years Ooh. with the, with the girls. This year, this year was a little a little tough. We were, you know, just. Having fourteen and sixteen year olds, we're we're managing it, but um, I don't know. I'm definitely becoming a better parent. I think they're teaching me how to become a better parent. That was kind of one of the themes in 2018. That's good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm learning. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning. learning how to deal I'm with learning. these kids. Well, I tell you what, I'm excited just because obviously this is our last show of 2018, <laughs> and looking back over the fact that this is four years of doing beyond the business with wow. uh, some amazing leaders and entrepreneurs in the low country coming on week in and week out sharing their insight i'll tell you what this show I, first when we first started doing it probably was going to last six eight months and we <laughs> you know just do a few of them but it's turned into a true inspiration to the low country to me personally yes me and too. i want to thank you oh. for sharing your time with us every saturday morning and doing this show with me so uh, i'm grateful for that well thank you it is my pleasure i have definitely my life is richer because of the people that i've met through the show for sure well i always joke i don't have my mba but after doing this show for four years i'm pretty dang close <laughs> to an mba so um speaking of which we're going to round out the year with a uh, follow-up or second part from last week, if you didn't catch it, Pastor Buster Brown 
who is the senior pastor over at East Cooper Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, uh, was uh, fortunate enough to come in and, and spend time with us, giving a, a good pre-Christmas message. He's back this morning, so uh, Pastor Brown, thank you for being back uh, with us, and uh, we're excited to hear sort of the rest of the story, as we call it, okay. uh, in regards to how East Cooper has just continued to blossom and become the the influence that it has today in our community. And um, certainly you're obviously a big part of that. So we're excited to hear about that. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, and may I just say on this last Saturday before the New Year on the 29th, uh, go Tigers. I knew, Notre Dame. I knew that was coming. Notre Dame. I knew that was coming. Yes. I could tell. And go Knights. Uh, yeah, so in go. my family, my sister graduated. We are also, I'm, I'm UCF and she's a Tiger. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Plus, if we're in the go mode, I might as well say go cats, right? Yeah, yeah. Kentucky has Penn State coming up on um, whatever that is, uh, uh, Monday, I think it is. Okay, so, uh, okay. yeah, to all of us, yes. I hope we have winning opportunities uh, I would, I would, in the bowl Winning games, teams, right? I right. love it. It's good that none of us are going against each other. No, I we think go. we're good. We're going to have a good session now. We're good. Yes, we got good juju happening. <laughs> so as we pick up sort of uh, last week, um, yeah. Leslie, any, any takeaways that you want to throw out there from the – well, um, I do session? love I, I do love and absolutely 100% agree with um what Pastor Brown had said about traveling overseas being as a as a young person. I was an exchange student at the University of Western Sydney in Australia as, oh. in college and then my husband was studied in Nice in France and so I agree 100%. You went to Singapore mm-hmm. as a as a younger person and just how important that was in how it shaped your view of life and culture and broaden your horizons and the the word humble came to mind. And I think that especially um, teenagers these days, I know that they know that the world is big, but sometimes it's not as big outside. Their, their phone is as big as it is. Mm-hmm. And so I am a hundred percent in agreement with that. And I am, we're already encouraging the girls to travel in the name of education and do what we did and be an exchange student at some point when you get to college. That's so a great experience. Yes, yeah. I, I I love that. So and Singapore, that's quite quite the journey. <laughs> the journey, journey. Yeah. yeah, you know, I um I I was um, reflecting a little bit on your conversation last week, Pastor Brown, and and took away the fact that the role that you're in, the journey you've been on, and how much it parallels all the entrepreneurs we have here on this show. Uh, you talked uh, and referenced about your team mm-hmm. and how instrumental that has been along the way. I think you even mentioned uh, having the right people in the right places on the team. Jim mm-hmm. Collins, good to great, right? Uh, which we've exactly. referenced many, many times yeah. on this show. Yeah. And just again, uh, I guess that you know kind of reflects that life is a lot like entrepreneurship, and entrepreneurship is a lot like life. And so, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that. Looking forward to hearing a lot more certainly today. Um, as we were, I think, departing. Last week, um, we really had just gotten to the beginning of sort of the East Cooper story, and yeah, that was, it was a small 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, small little parish started over on Whipple Road, um, and today, give us our listeners a sense of what that congregation and church is like today. Well, we, we have a, a larger church. We have multiple staff. We have a, a, a Christian school that's part of our ministry that has about 670 students right now, K, K through uh, 12. Uh, we have um, a campus ministry called Campus Outreach on three campuses in the area. We're tra- franchise out to five, to five in the next three years. We have uh, an, a very extensive overseas project where we're in partnership with about 25 different groups of people who are serving in different far-flung regions of the world. So that's just some of the things that we're, we're doing right now. 
Well, let's continue the story. And um, so you had a very small congregation, and we also went over one of the challenges was trying to, you know, I guess bridge the generational mm-hmm. gap, even as you were a young man, yeah. you know, trying to reach the, the older population. Mm-hmm. And then, so how did that evolve? What what happened from the, the early years? Well, I th- the evolution was just people started coming and, and usually did you kind of get a name for yourself obviously you said young people started, young people coming, started coming after you it's kind of word of mouth i don't know that we did any marketing but it was word of mouth and people started coming and uh we just thoroughly enjoyed the people and the experience the friendships um and the lord's been good you know my wife i've got a wonderful wife i uh, I know that Eric and I have something in common. We far outpunted our coverage when it comes to marriage. So I no question that. about that. So I've, we've been married 38 years. She's been a great partner in the journey, and we have two children. So j- just the chance to grow with people. My wife grew up overseas, so she lived a- about seven different countries growing up. And so putting down roots here now for 36 years, for heaven's sake, has been a real blessing for us. So I know along the way, as a pastor, certainly trying to spread the message, um, and sometimes in a culture that that's not easy to do, mm-hmm. you take every opportunity you can, um, both within the church and I think externally to mm-hmm. to get out there. One of the opportunities you had was back in, um, gosh, I think it was like 1988 at the College of Charleston. <laughs> you did a, a debate, I guess you would call it, with Herb Silverman. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about that. By the way, there's a great YouTube out there video. I don't know if it's out there. If, you, I, if anybody wants to, it, to yeah. check it out, it was really uh, amazing. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to hear uh, this. It was, it was moderated by Judge Sanders, right. um, who was who was present when I came uh, at the college. But uh, talk a little bit about moments like that and why – uh, you would take the risk or the chances to put yourself out there. Well, the, the thing with Herb Silverman, first of all, Herb is a very gracious man, and uh, he was a professor at the College of Charleston and an outspoken atheist. Uh, but listen, a gracious, gracious guy. And and uh, they, some students decided to do this debate, and it, the place was packed. Out. It was packed. Right? It was People packed were out. yeah. yeah standing outside and and judge sanders agreed to be the moderator and he told me afterwards he said i was probably more nervous about this than anything i've done in years because i I didn't know what would happen but i mean you you go there and you talk to people about their worldview and what they believe about the reality of god and the question was can man be good without god now i remember that and and we had this debate but it was uh very civil and we of course we didn't agree on a number of areas obviously but it was it was a good experience. I've had the chance to go to the medical university and to talk about um, ethics or the pro life issue at di- different medical contexts. And uh, I, I think if you go to places and you speak with grace and dignity, I mean, you're still going to have people that will not appreciate you. But usually, people give you a fair hearing if you don't go in as some type of flame throwing, uh, pugilistic. I've got all the answers. I, there's a lot of things I have no no answers for but but i I try to stay on on message which is the reality that god is and god has spoken and we're to live under the lordship of christ so in that regard it was it was a great experience for me yeah and what did uh, what are some of the the takeaways did he contribute to your way of thinking after having this debate did you learn something oh yeah i learned a lot of things i I, just dialoguing with him he's he's a very bright guy but i I kept on telling him herb i'm so glad you don't live out the 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 reality of your your worldview that you are a very gracious man because you choose to be we could you could choose to be a a a vile 
uncaring person, but you choose to be a kind man. So thank you for doing that. So I choose to be a kind man in part because God says I should be kind. So it's good there are standards that I can adhere to. But uh, he, he was he was very kind and, and very gracious. But I, I kept saying, I asked him one time if your car broke down in the middle of an unknown city and you saw a group of tall men coming toward you uh, with a swagger at 3 o'clock in the morning, but you noticed they had under their arm uh, a, a study Bible. Would you feel better? He said, oh, yes. I said, <laughs> I, said I, I said, I rest my case. That's it. That's and we kind of laughed, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so along your journey, obviously, um, growth has been a word I think could be used in terms of East Cooper Baptist Church, uh, evolving uh, the school, Palmetto Christian Academy. You all have made decisions to move locations, to add buildings, to add uh, staff, uh, just like in any business. When it comes to making decisions about growth, and adding, uh, what is the process you go through to do that? And maybe what are some of the challenges that you face uh, in a large parish like that? Okay. The, the decision is always multi-layered and, and made not in a vacuum. So we always, our Constitution says the church has to vote on building any new buildings. So we have to go to the church. But that goes, before it goes there, it goes through numerous committees and the elders and the deacons and so we, I believe in a participatory process uh, in the decision-making um, axiom. Uh, and the, the challenges are that you're always going to have people to say, I'm not sure we need to do this. And you have to deal with those people, and sometimes they're probably right and you're wrong. So that, that's, that's the hard part. The hard part is having people that, that maybe aren't on board and you try to get them on board and to be sensitive to them, but we we have a participatory process, and we try to do it uh, w- with great discernment. We are we have a lot of conservative people in our church as far as the approach to debt and money. So we have a very conservative debt policy, mm-hmm. which means that we have to raise a lot of money before we can build. and And I'm glad for that. I'm, I'm glad for those voices, especially in the aftermath of 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was important. So. Uh, th- that's kind of what we do, Eric. Yeah. Isn't it funny how 2008 works its way into almost every single interview yeah. we do, whether it's a business person or a pastor? Yeah. Like, that, that's just so, it, it, that's it, so funny. It, it's deep and prevalent in all of our lives. Yes, yes. Now, I want to go back to your wife. Mm-hmm. Now, how? what is her role? And was she on board as far as your your choice in when you met her in Singapore, like mm-hmm. what was she doing? <laughs> she was in, she was uh, in high school when I met her. Uh-huh. So, uh, and, and, and then we came to the, to Texas and she went to school in Texas and college in Texas. And I went to seminary in Texas. So we dated for two more years and we got married, but she's always been very supportive and very gracious and loves being a mom and now loves being a grandmom and, has been nothing but 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 a joy to me. Is she involved in really involved in the oh, church? Oh, she's really as well? involved. She leads a couple of discipleship groups, and she's always going and and uh, yeah, she's very involved. Yes, very much a team effort. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to. She keeps asking the easy questions. I'm going to ask the hard ones. Yeah. It's usually the other way around, <laughs> by the way. Well, I'm so. intimidated. I you know him better. You you. He's you, my pastor. I, I'm the one who's intimidated. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go back to the growth question. Um, and we asked this of all of our entrepreneurs and leaders that come on this show, sort of looking at Charleston and how, you know, Charleston has just boomed over the years, right? And, and, and certainly the church has sort of paralleled that growth. 
um, and we all see a lot of positives in it. But at the same time, growth brings its own challenges. When you look at um, the city of Charleston, Pastor Brown, and sort of the growth, what do you see coming about from that in regards to, to your profession and what you have to do day in and day out? I, th- I think the biggest challenge uh, is, I think, with uh, growth, Eric, comes potentially anonymity. And I think that with growth and with people moving in and out, it's easy to not have community. And I think God made us for community. God made us to be in fellowship with each other. God made us, God's Trinitarian. He is a community in and of himself. So I think that in larger contexts, it is, uh, I think community is one of the huge issues of concern. I, I, I laugh. But I grew up in Mayberry RFD. I mean, uh, my hometown had the Aunt Bees and the the town the town alcoholic, and it had the we we did have the Barneys. We had a policeman that I think he carried a bullet in his in his pocket. So I mean, <laughs> but, but the, the the upside of that is people didn't know each other, and uh, I think we have to fight a lack of community. And and there's a book by a guy named Robert Putnam entitled. Bowling alone, and his thesis is that there used to be bowling leagues all over America. Mm-hmm. Now there are none, uh, and he says that we we have lost our community uh, as Americans. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. So the, as the church becomes fragmented and people travel more, and you have kids in ballet and you know lacrosse and football and soccer and water aerobics, whatever, uh, you, you it can take away from the community of the family or the or the community of the the local where you live, your zip code, and the church. So that's that's a real, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you have any, I how how do you fix that? Well, we, what is your what, strategy? What we, do, what we do, Leslie, is we have what we call community groups, and people meet on a week-to-week basis in a home, usually, or at the church, and just get to know each other. But even then, you know, it's a constant. On well, Friday morning, we have something for men called Man to Man, where we sit around tables, just get to know each other and talk about the Scripture. But we, we try to address it, but we always feel like we're a day late and a dollar short so often because it's easy to lose community. And, it's, and people travel on the weekends. They're not in church like they used to be. And, uh, you know, well, so it's, 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 it's a very difficult situation. When you talk about the family, and we're in a different era, reconstituted families, families that are, like you said, separated all around the country, all around the world. Um, As a a pastor, you're trying to rally around that whole cause of family. I think you bring up a good point, Leslie. It's kind of how do you attack that from the family perspective? Certainly community groups and all that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man to man we love. Mm -hmm. But as a family, what advice would you give for families looking to the future to kind of be on a better track? I think that uh, the key to family life, of course, is is the reality of Christ. But I think that that the, the husband and the wife, hopefully together, have to be committed to making the family central and to loving the children and to being there. I um, have this ongoing conversation with my son, who's 34, and he's got four or five hobbies and lives on the West Coast, and he's got almost three kids, and... I, I tell him, I said, Zach, from the moment you were born in 1984 uh, and your sister in 1988, my children became my hobby. I coached their teams. I, I, I played with them. Uh, I, I, I did everything with them. We camped. We were huge campers and did wilderness camping. And I, I don't regret one minute of that. But I think we have to make the family uh, a clear priority. 
and uh, th- that's that's important. That's why even our school, we, we say our school says that we are in partnership with our parents. The parents are the primary mm-hmm. primary guide, primary teacher, pri- in, in, under the lordship of Christ. But but the, the school does not replace the parent. As fine as our school is, and it's a great school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't replace the parent. It works in conjunction with, in partnership with the the, the parents. So. I think it has to be a priority. It does. And how are, I'm sure that one of the challenges, again, is with teenagers, again, I'm saying this because I've got two of them. Mm-hmm. How are you reaching young people right now? And what are you saying to them? And how are you making a difference? Because, I, I mean, I could use some direction. You're very gracious to ask that question. We are desperately saying to young people that you're, you're, at, a, you're at a crossroads and and you have a life before you that can be filled with joy and purpose and wonder, or you can go the way of despair and nihilism. And and and, and we think the gospel gives you that. The reality of Christ gives you that. But but be very careful how you make decisions. And 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 part of part of the problem with I feel like we're asking fourteen and fifteen year olds to make twenty one and twenty two year old decisions, and they're not. They're, they're, they're not incapable of doing that. So parents have to shelter them. And parents have to know who are your friends and who are your friends' parents and what do your, what's going on when you're not with me. And I, you've got to be involved in their lives. And I, they're going to push back on that, but let them push. You keep, you keep pushing in. So um, the, uh, that's what we do. Yeah, We have various campus ministries. We have a co- very active college ministry and um, – High school and middle school, so because we love we love students, and we this is a a tender age, tender age. So, in a few minutes, we have left vision for the future. Two thousand nineteen is upon us, uh, both for yourself and and the East Cooper as a whole, and yeah. really maybe even Charleston as a whole. What, what do you see two thousand nineteen the year of? I, I would love to see uh, our church become uh, more saturated with a emphasis on prayer and. Understanding that discipleship is a lifelong process of learning from Christ in repentance and faith. Uh, we're in the process of praying for a student life center that would be able to expand the footprint and the census at Palmetto Christian Academy and our other student ministries, uh, high school, middle school campus outreach. Uh, uh, that, so we're, we're very prayerful about that. We'd love to break ground sometime before May or June or July. And it would, then it would be a 12 to 14 month project. But so that, that's one thing for, for the city. I, I just, I pray that the city would continue to experience a, a renaissance of friendship across demographic and cultural and ethnic lines, which I see happening. And, uh, I am, I am very proud of the leadership of our city that has, has stepped in the gap on all on all areas to make this, I think, an incredible place. It is a joy to travel around the world, and people say, "Where are you from?" And I'll say, "Charleston, South Carolina." And if they've ever been here, they say, "Oh, we love Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina." So I mean, it's it's just it, it, that just thrills my heart. It makes me happy. So we're glad to be here, and hope that God allows us to to live here for. For a lot of more years. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So Leslie, I think we have a. Do we have time? a? We do. A this would be good. Well, I. What is something? Do you want to do the lightning round or the the hot the hobby? No, I like lightning round. You this like the good, lightning yeah. round? All right. So we've got a few minutes, 
and I'm going to ask you a couple of a couple of questions and um, with just some quick answers. Um, these days, um, what's the best book that you've ever read to date? And by the way, it's the one. This Besides is the but, Bible. No, I'm going to say not the Bible. Yes. And by the way, this is the most well-read person I've ever met in my entire life. So okay. he's going through a lot of books right, right. now. I can assure best you. Best yeah. book. Uh, well, only uh, one. Oh man, only one. I would I would throw out uh, a book by Solzhenitsyn called The Gulag that exposed the horrors mm-hmm. of the Soviet yeah. system. I love Solzhenitsyn. That that would that would be one. Oh man, there's we could spend oh, the whole show okay. going through his book list. All I right, can the most you. influential person in your life, apart from Christ, mm-hmm. I would say historically Jonathan Edwards uh, would be the most influential. One of the things you're most proud of, my grandchildren. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I love that one. And number one thing on your bucket list, the thing that you you. What is something you have not done that you are going to do? I'm not going to do it. Well, I really love the hike Annapurna Circuit in Nepal. Oh. I've hiked part of it one time. I like to do the whole thing, which will take 21 days. I, oh, wow. I, so, yeah, in the Himalayas. That would be something I would love to do. Uh, but another thing I'd love to do is is um, is is, uh, is a week from Monday watch Clemson beat Alabama. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Life will be complete. I love it. Right. I love it. Right. Pastor Buster Brown, senior pastor, East Cooper Baptist Church. Thank you, first of all, for being on our show today and last week and sharing your insight and wisdom with our listeners. Also, I just want to thank you for all that you do for the church yeah. and the school. Your impact uh, goes far beyond the reach that you'll ever know. And I just want to say thank you from myself and all of us that are a part of that program over there. You're very kind. Thank you. And Leslie, it's a wrap on another year. Wow, another year. This is, How about yes. that one? Yeah, 2018 has come to a close officially, wow. our last show. And uh, we're looking forward to a great year in 2019 with you. Yeah, all right. We'll so see until you next, next year. year. Yes. <laughs> Low Country, thanks for listening and have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.